0: Today's message is about speaking into culture. Speaking into culture. And the intent is that it builds on the three previous messages in our series on cultural humility. We're reminded in Luke six thirty-six to 37, be merciful just as your Father, God, is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Before we effectively and with integrity speak the love of Jesus into culture, we must first examine ourselves and remove the planks from our own eyes. Before we courageously and honestly speak of God's reconciling love and power, we must first experience it for ourselves. For me, Ellie's message last week on reconciliation, it's so closely linked to this topic that I thought, great, all I have to do this Sunday is just come up here and say ditto. Or at least a hearty amen. But I'll keep going, I'll, I'll say more than ditto. I mean, I'm here, you're here, why not? Let's keep going. Let's see what God puts on our hearts together. Speaking into culture. Prepare, care, and share. Prepare, care, and share. There's a certain logical sequence here, but things don't necessarily happen in this linear order. For example, you might share with someone, and then as a result of this, you feel like, wow, I need to go and prepare more, and then you go back and share again. Or perhaps you care first. The Spirit places on you such a deep conviction and passionate concern for a person that you are compelled to prepare and share. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16, for when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast Since I'm compelled to preach, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. That's the kind of fire we need as we speak Jesus into culture. The news about Jesus is so good. We can't possibly keep it to ourselves. How about the Mercy Me song, best news ever? The news about Jesus is so good, it flows from us out to others in our love, in our acts of kindness, and with our words. Words that offer freedom, rest, healing, and eternal life in Jesus. God has called all who know Jesus to share his love. In our scripture passage from Acts 17, we read that Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. The good news about Jesus. Our words need to speak Jesus, to talk about Jesus, to let other people know about Jesus from our own experience to share God's story of rescue and redemption through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Redeemer, Giver of life, Lord of all, friend. I find it so amazing when I think that Jesus is my friend. He's a friend to the brokenhearted, and the downcast. He's a friend to the outsider and the outcast. He's a friend to the humble. He's a friend to the weak. The weak become strong in Jesus. Is he your friend? You can ask him to be. I believe there's a great danger in being lured away from the focus of speaking about Jesus, of sharing the story of how Jesus died for the sins of humanity so that we could be forgiven and reconciled to God, of sharing the love and purpose that we have in our life as followers of Jesus. There's a danger in getting sidetracked into arguments and debates about other topics. And I'm not saying be ignorant or unaware. I'm saying be wise, be discerning. Don't get foolishly pulled away or distracted from sharing the message of Jesus. When I was a teacher, I had a friend who believed in evolution. That was a really hot topic at the time. And I would debate this friend literally for hours about evolution versus creation. But what good did it do? It's actually foolish. I never changed his mind, and I squandered the opportunity to introduce him to my friend, Jesus. Jesus. Let's look at how we can prepare. How can we effectively prepare to share Jesus with others? Again, I'd point out that before we speak to others, we need to be in a vibrant personal relationship with Jesus. Paul's preparation to speak to the people in Athens began on the road to Damascus we can read the full account in Acts chapter nine, because on the road to Damascus, Paul, called Saul at the time, heard the voice of the risen Jesus. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And Paul's life was never the same after this encounter, after he met and followed Jesus. And our lives are never the same after we meet and follow Jesus. Our ability to bear fruit, and this includes the fruit that comes from speaking about Jesus. Our ability to bear fruit depends on abiding, remaining in Jesus. These are the words of Jesus recorded in John 15, four, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let us prepare to speak by abiding, remaining, in Jesus. Preparation should also involve knowing the Bible. Know the Bible with head, heart, and feet. Head knowledge, we study the Bible to gain understanding through the Holy Spirit. Heart knowledge, through the Holy Spirit, we accept, we value, we treasure Scripture. And foot knowledge, this might be my term, foot knowledge, understanding with our feet, or you can think hands and feet. It's the doing, the going, the living out of biblical truth in the power of the Holy Spirit. I would also encourage, in fact I would urge all of us to know how to explain salvation in a simple, and straightforward way. Now we know God saves. It's not the eloquence or the adequacy of our words. Whew, that's a relief. But when you're sharing the good news about Jesus, how he died and rose again, and then the person you're talking with actually wants to say yes. It's like, yeah, I want to invite Jesus in my life. Can you tell me how to do that? Can you pray with me right now? And what if you're like, is there someone behind me that can do this prayer? Where's, Where's my wingman, right? And no judgment here, because I've honestly been in that place myself where I was thinking it through and I was like, I wouldn't actually know what to say to a person or how to lead them in prayer. So it's important to know, to be prepared, To think about it, plan it. 1 Peter 3.15 talks about preparation. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So let's take some time right now. Let's look at some scripture and consider how we could explain salvation. How we could invite someone to follow Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20, we read, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Very simple, yet very powerful, life-changing. Come, follow Jesus. There was so much more ahead for Peter and Andrew. So much more would happen in their lives. But this was the beginning. Jesus said, come, follow me, And they left their own life behind and chose to follow Jesus. In Acts chapter 16, we read the story of Paul and Silas in prison. They've been badly beaten, they're in stocks, but they're singing and they're praying to God and then the room shakes, it's a miraculous earthquake and the chains of all the prisoners fall off, like everybody can escape, but they don't. And this is just a huge testimony to the jailer. The jailer was ready to kill himself and when he sees that no one's left, He falls trembling before Paul and Silas, and he asks the question, what must I do to be saved? And they answer, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Again, very simple. Very straightforward and Paul and Silas speak the word of the Lord to the jailer and his household and everyone chooses to follow Jesus and they're baptized right there. And wasn't that wonderful to witness this morning Teresa's baptism as she publicly declared her belief in Jesus and her commitment to follow him. One way to explain salvation. Now, I like this one. I like simple things that you can remember. You just think of the letters A, B, C. Admit, believe, choose. A, B, C. Admit, believe, choose. Admit. Admit that you have done wrong. The Bible calls this sin. Believe. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and he rose again. Choose, choose to follow Jesus. Commit your life to him. Admit, believe, choose. Let's take a moment now, let's close our eyes and pray together. Perhaps this is the day right now. You've been thinking about it for a while and you know that now is the time and you want to say yes to Jesus. Or perhaps today God is speaking to you in a fresh way about preparing and sharing your faith in Jesus. And if you'd like to commit your life to Jesus, you can pray a prayer like this from your heart. Father God, I admit that I've done things that are wrong and I've pushed you away. I'm sorry, God. I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross and that he rose again. Thank you for your forgiveness. I invite Jesus into my life and I choose to follow him. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen, amen. And if you prayed that prayer today from your heart, you are a part of God's forever family. There is great rejoicing and we rejoice with you. And let others know, share, Find people in this church who will help you grow. I'll certainly help you. Let's continue examining how to speak into culture by preparing, caring, and sharing. Let's look at how we care and how we share. We need to speak Jesus into a culture in a way that demonstrates our care for people, our genuine love for others. Before we speak, when we speak, after we speak, we need to have a heart for people. We also need a heart for God's kingdom. In our scripture passage in Acts 17, verses 16 and 17, we read, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. Paul was distressed deeply by the idolatry of the city. He had a heart for God's kingdom and he was moved into action. Paul's concern prompted him to share, but notice how he did it. He balanced a relentless concern for God's kingdom with the wisdom of cultural humility. In the meeting of the Areopagus, Paul connected with the people of Athens. He said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. This was a point of connection Can you hear, Paul, there in the Areopagus? You, the people of Athens, woo, woo! You, you are open to many religious ideas. I mean, I was walking around your city, I even found this inscription on an altar, and it had this interesting idea about God. It said, to an unknown God and God that is unknown to you. This is exactly who I want to tell you about today. Then Paul goes on to proclaim the God of heaven and earth, the God who gives everyone life and breath and everything else. And Paul even makes use of another point of connection in verse 28 when he refers to words for one of from one of their own poets. It's like, yeah, like these aren't my words. It's like one of your poets said, we are his offspring. Like, I heartily concur. We're almost there, aren't we? So Paul uses connection instead of condemnation. While at the same time, he maintains a bold witness for God. He doesn't pull any punches on this. Using story is an excellent way to connect with our culture. And this is by no means my idea. I first heard it at uh, Family Camp, at Camp Homewood actually. And it involves the sharing of three stories. Your story, my story, and God's story. So I can listen with interest to another person's story, to your story without judging it, understanding it, taking it in. And then I can share my story. And no one can argue with me because it's my story, right? And then I can allow the Holy Spirit to provide the opportunities and the words to connect God's story of love and rescue in Jesus with my story and with your story. I'll invite the music team to come back up. As we speak into culture, May we be wise. May we be discerning. May we prepare, care, and share. And may we do this with compassion, with humility, and with power by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand and pray together. Father in heaven, Strengthen us by your power. Awaken our hearts to live a life of courage and love for your honor, for your glory. Give us boldness and humility. Conviction and compassion. Preparation and absolute reliance on you. It's your kingdom, your glory, your story that fills our hearts with joy and freedom. We praise you today in the name of Jesus. Amen.